This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grosser Show, we are live and in living color. 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone numbers. We take it right up until noon. Anita will slide it in. And boy, do we have a jam-packed Saturday for you in store. As you could imagine, it has finally arrived. We are here. We have the NBA postseason officially going to kick underway today. Yeah, I know we had the playing stuff the last couple of days, and congratulations to A-Rod's Minnesota Timberwolves. They're going to join the party and promptly be eliminated in one round, but that's another story for another time. The Knickerbockers are in action tonight, and of course, you're going to hear every bounce of the ball, every whistle, every bucket, every highlight-worthy play of the Knicks postseason march right here on 98.7 ESPN. Coverage begins at 5.30, a little bit later on this afternoon with our buddy Pat O'Keefe. Ed Cohen and John Wallace have the call beginning at 6. Knicks, Cavs, game one from Cleveland. I can't wait. You can't wait. You know who else can't wait? Anthony Pusick and Joe Leo, because they're here as well producing the program. That's the best way for them to get ready and get amped up for the Knicks is to come to work on a Saturday morning. But we're glad that they're here, and we're glad you're here as well. You can get me on Twitter, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. And it's a fun time, is it not? Like, you almost have to pinch yourself and kind of get your bearings a little bit and, and, and recognize, wait a sec, it's the middle of, th- let's take stock a little bit, right? It's the middle of April. Next season's still going on. Actually, next season's just beginning. Same for the Brooklyn Nets. Made the playoffs. You got our hockey teams. And the NHL regular season officially, officially came to an end last night because Colorado defeated Nashville to win the Central Division in a makeup game. So congrats to the defending Stanley Cup champs. But the Islanders season marches on, even though they tried like hell not to be part of the postseason journey. And because of the fact that the Islanders got in, Penguins yesterday basically blew up the entire organization after not making the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. Uh, Hextall out, Brian Burke out, and, you know, wouldn't shock you if Mike Sullivan, the head coach, has also shown the door once they get a new person in charge of the hockey operations there in Pittsburgh. LaViolette's gone in Washington after the Caps have a forgettable season down in D.C., but the Isles march on. They're going to open in Carolina on Monday. And then, of course, you got the Battle of the Hudson, the New Jersey Transit Series, as I like to call it because I'm on the Jersey side. Devils Rangers. Starting on Tuesday, again, you're going to hear every, every second of playoff action for all three hockey locals right here on 98.7 ESPN throughout their postseason journey. And at least we're guaranteed to get at least one of these five teams to the second round. That's what we're guaranteed, right? Either the Devils or the Rangers are going to move on to round number two, and you hope that others are going to follow suit as well because it makes things more fun around here, right? Because we're still too kind of early in the baseball season. You know, Yanks let one get away last night. Full story, full disclosure, last night. Anthony Pusick is at the Yankee game last night. Um, I'm watching it on the couch, and Yanks got themselves the 3-2 lead. And I'm starting to feel a little, you know, a little, little, little tired, a little sluggish. You know, I had the early start yesterday doing the morning show with Dave, so I was up early. I didn't get, like, a great nap in in the afternoon, so I was feeling a little bit. You know, had the itis kick in after dinner. And I'm sitting there, and it's like, oh, well, you know, the Yankees got this, whatever. And I lean back a bit, and I close my eyes, and I'm out. I'm out for probably, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, thereabouts, somewhere around there. I woke up, and I looked at the TV, and all of a sudden, Minnesota's got themselves a lead. I says, what the heck happened? 
And as I even tweeted it out last night, like the, the, the last couple of nights, and I know that it's just two regular season games and we're in the middle of April, but this isn't supposed to happen to the Yankees because it's Minnesota. The Yankees own the Twins. They've owned the Twins for 20 years. It doesn't matter who's in uniform. doesn't matter what the uniforms are. The Yankees own the Twins. But here they are. They've lost two games back-to-back at home, no less. And, boy, it was nice to see Carlos Correa hit some home runs in New York, wasn't it? But, unfortunately, he was wearing the wrong uniform in New York. It was, maybe he thought he was going to be wearing a different uniform during the offseason. But that's neither here nor there. But the Yankees will be fine. Even though there's a little bit of questions at the back end, I'm not the biggest Clay Holmes guy. And that's going to be something that bears watching as we move forward through the season. And then God bless all you brave souls that actually stayed up late enough last night. And and look, if you needed any further proof positive as to why Major League Baseball implemented a pitch clock and wanted to maybe speed up and accelerate the pace of these games, all you had to do was somehow, some way, sit through the Mets and the Oakland A's last night from out west. That was a a three-and-a-half-hour baseball game. That if there was still no pitch clock, it might have been four and a half hours. It was as tedious. It was as slow. And a lot of it could be attributed to the Oakland A's and the fact that they are just a god-awful baseball team. I mean, those shots of Mark Kotze, the manager, like every time they showed him looking as beleaguered as all can be, I'm thinking to myself, just how bad does somebody actually want to be a manager in the big leagues, right? Because there's only 30 of these jobs in the world. If you want to be a big league, major league baseball manager, there's only 30 of these gigs. He's got one of them. But he probably has to question himself, like, how bad does he really want this? Because it is a hopeless situation. The Oakland A's might be historically bad this year. Historically bad. Like, like, like exceed the 62 expansion Mets that lost 120 games in terms of ineptitude. That's how bad they are. They walked 17 Mets last night. Let me repeat that. 17 freaking Mets. I mean, it was one of the worst baseball games that you will ever see in your entire life. It was so bad. And some of those half innings that the Mets were batting just went on and on and on that for the first time, I think, in my life watching baseball, I saw a starting pitcher in the middle of the game actually go into the bullpen and stay loose while his team was batting. I've never seen that before. And that's what Kodai Senga was doing, I think, in the fifth inning, just because Oakland couldn't put the ball over the plate, and the Mets hitters were standing up there with the bat on their shoulders. Why not? Why not? You know, they're giving you the games. They're giving you the bases. You might as well take them. What an awful game. But Mets win regardless. But the baseball takes a backseat because today's a Knicks day. And to a certain extent, it's a Nets day as well. But it's a Knicks day. And this doesn't happen very often. I don't have to tell you guys that, right? This is only the second time in the last 10 years that this team has been in the playoffs. But they're here. And you know that it could not have been scripted any better in the fact that you're talking about a first-round opponent in the Cleveland Cavaliers that just so happens to feature a guy that we all thought there was a pretty good chance of him actually wearing a Knicks uniform this year back in the summer. And, of course, it's Donovan Mitchell, and it didn't happen. So the NBA basketball gods, you know that when they were authoring a script of how can we maybe make this as interesting as possible and trying to sort of construct a playoff narrative, of course it would be the Knicks. Of course it would be Donovan Mitchell's Cavaliers in a nice, tidy 4-5 matchup. And look, we might be biased. I might be biased, whatever. 
But if you look around the NBA, and if you look at some of these playoff matchups that are on the docket here, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a, a, a one of these first-round series which has the potential to be as compelling here as Knicks Cavaliers. I think they're that evenly matched, and a lot of this series is going to hinge on the availability and the status of Julius Randle. And I don't think that I am breaking any sort of news there. Right? That's not a big secret. And we got a little bit of information yesterday from the Knicks. They're listing Julius as questionable. He's going to go out there and he's going to give it a go during warm-ups. And he's going to test this thing before the game to see where he's at to see if he'll be active and ready to go. Now, we know he's not going to be 100%. This series could go seven games and Julius Randle still won't be 100%, even if this goes the distance. Because you know what? This ankle thing, it's going to need weeks and weeks and weeks to heal. And you got to stay off it. Not go out there and play playoff basketball, games that are more demanding, more taxing than ones you even play during the regular season. So that's tricky. And I know that it's been two and a half weeks since he injured that wheel. But like I said, that's not going to necessarily do it. I mean, you saw how much pain the guy was in when he got injured. You can't just automatically shake that off and really not play in any sort of high-leverage basketball during that time and step out on the court and say, oh, yeah, I'm good to go. Let's run it back. Playoffs, baby. Let's do it. But that changes the complexion of this series. I mean, you don't have to be a genius to figure this out. I think going in, if you had assurances that Julius Randle was 100% healthy, you would probably be a little bit more confident in the Knicks' chances of winning this series. Now, look, can they win the series – With Randall compromised as he currently is? Absolutely. They still can, but it's not going to be as easy. And others are going to have to step up their game, maybe even more so than they would have if you had a guy who gives you 25 and 10 every single night and who just happens to be your best player. You know, like go around the NBA right now and whatever team you want to dissect, out of the 16 that are still playing for a championship and competing for a title right now, if I said to you, yeah, just take... Take their best player off of that team. What about, you know, even if he could play, but just make him a little bit compromised going into this series? Don't you think their chances are going to take a hit? Forget about even competing for a championship, just winning a round. But the difference between this Knicks team and the one that we saw flame out to the Atlanta Hawks in the first round a couple of years ago is I don't think you could sit here and measure the depth of that squad versus the depth that this team is going to put out on the floor right now. And I don't even think it's close. They've done a great job in strengthening this roster. Strength by numbers, if you want to call it that. Whether it's importing Jalen Brunson, the further development of some of the guys who are already on this team, the midseason acquisition of one Josh Hart, who you know I'm a big fan of. Nick's got enough to get this thing done here. But if Randall is not going to be his true self, then you know what? You go down the list. Okay, then that means Jalen Brunson. Brunson was brought in here for a reason. And it just so happens that a year ago, when Brunson really and truly burst onto the scene and had his best moments as an NBA player, when he was still in Dallas and Luka Doncic was injured and Brunson went out there and, for lack of a better term, put that Mavericks team on his shoulders and got them through playoff series, and just took his game to another level. Wouldn't you know that fast forward one year later, that Brunson could find himself in the same situation again, having to do it with this Knicks team, 
if Julius Randle is not 100% healthy. So we know that he has it in him. We know that he's capable for a playoff encore, and that's what he was brought in to do. It's not about how he got here or whatever asinine insinuations that Mark Cuban wants to make about why Brunson left Dallas to come to New York and how big of a factor Rick Brunson played. Who cares, right? Who cares? You know? Let Mark Cuban think about that while he's writing a $750,000 check to the NBA for tanking away the season, which, by the way, is a joke from the NBA side, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But the bottom line is, is that even though Julius Randle is not healthy, and we don't even know if he's going to play this game today, the Knicks still have a heck of a chance to knock off this Cavaliers team. Now, we're not going to look too far ahead and talk about, well, what this means for round two. No, 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 no. Worry about this opponent because it's not going to be easy. And if the guys who are suiting up for this series, if they're not playing at their best, the Knicks are going to get bounced pretty soon. But it all begins today. And if you're old enough to remember, you know, making the playoffs, if you're a Knicks fan, was almost something you took for granted. Because just making the playoffs was not the goal. I mean, that was, that was a given. You know, back in the 90s, for example, like that was, I mean, you knew they were in the playoffs. The question was going to be, when were you going to run into Jordan? And were you going to be able to beat him? Or if not them, then, you know, the Larry Brown Pacers. The Reggie Millers, right? How are you going to find a way to get past them? How can you get to an NBA Finals? How can you finally slay the dragon and win a championship? Making the playoffs, winning a round, that was like nothing. But you know what? Things have fallen on hard times since then. That's no secret. That was a long time ago. Right? That's 25, almost 30 years ago. This is a new era. And this era is kind of like baby steps. But you made the playoffs now twice in the last three years. But now you want to build on this. And how do you build on that? By winning series. And it starts today in Cleveland. I'm pumped up. You should be pumped up. And let's break it all down. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Confidence level in your basketball team. Going into this series, which tips off tonight again. 5.30, the coverage begins right here on 98.7 ESPN. We will do a little bit of hockey. Later on in the program with all three locals gearing up for the postseason, our pal Dan Rosen, senior writer of NHL.com, will join us a little bit later on. We'll go through the Knicks and the Cavaliers, the Nets and the Sixers, and all the NBA first-round series with our pal Brian Geltseiler of SiriusXM NBA Radio. He will join us a little bit later on as well, plus plenty of your calls. Dan Gross' show, it is a Saturday morning. It's playoff times, baby. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. RJ wasn't great a couple of years ago in the playoffs. Now we know that he was just a pup then, right, trying to find his way through the postseason. But he wasn't very good, but there weren't really anybody who was good in that five-game ouster against the Atlanta Hawks two seasons ago. But it still goes back again to the situation involving Julius Randle. Because if he is not going to be himself, the guy who's an NBA All-Star and the guy who's probably going to find himself on, you know, one of these All-NBA teams when it's all said and done this season, guys like R.J. Barron have to step up, right? There's no great mystery around this. It's next man up, but R.J. Barrett, even if Randall is healthy, is supposed to be somebody who is supposed to be one of your best players. It's why you're paying him all that money. It's one of the reasons why Donovan Mitchell is not wearing a Knicks uniform in this series instead of a Cavs one. Because they wanted to hold on to RJ. They believed in him. They thought that his best basketball is still ahead of him. And he was somebody that they should double down on. And you know what? We'll see if he proves them right or wrong. So far, it's not looking too good, but it's still a small sample size. They need RJ to play top flight basketball. And I think he has it in him. You know, that's why having that first series under your belt is important. All right? It didn't go your way you wanted to a couple of years ago. Now this is different. Go out there and get it done. And it's a winnable series. It's a winnable series, and more often than that, this game today, I truly believe, is gettable for the Knickerbockers. Even if Julius Randle is not in the lineup. Because if you're the road team, you've got an edge in game one of these series. Because the home team has all the pressure on their shoulders. Right? The place is going nuts. You got the crowd behind you. That there's no way that they're going to lose this game. Well, you know what? You still got to go out there and execute. And if the road team walks into the gym, takes the crowd out of the game early, punches the other team in the mouth, we've seen this time and time again. It can happen. Especially given the fact, when was the last time that these teams were on the floor? I mean, think about the layoff here. Season ended last Sunday. It's been a week since these teams played. You know, the rust factor, I think, plays in a little bit. So even if Randall can't go today, I think the Knicks got a heck of a chance of stealing this first game. And you don't got to be a rocket science to figure it out. If the Knicks want to advance and move on to round number two, guess what they're going to have to do, guys? They're going to have to win a game in Cleveland. No better time than today to make that happen. All right, let's see what you guys think. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We started off with our pal Marvin in the Bronx. He's our leadoff hitter on 98.7 ESPN. Marv, good morning, my friend. How are you? Dude, first of all, I got to give you these props, all right? Yeah. You were the first white guy I ever heard use the term itis because that's a black cultural word. <laughs> and I've never heard any other white person use that. You took it to another level. You've been hanging out with too many brothers, man. That's a problem. Hey, you know what? We don't, Marv, let me tell you something. We don't discriminate. You hear what I'm saying? It affects us all. I, Bottom line, I it's what, real. When I heard that, I said, this man got cultural props with me. All right? Just, and black there you go. Black Black people usually add another word with it, but when you went there, I said, yo, man, I got to get my man. He got skills. All right. Hey, this is a winnable series. I think it'll go seven, and I think the Knicks will win it on Cleveland's home court. You know, this is, you know, like this is a building block. This is the first block. This is the cornerstone that hopefully down the road would be a championship. And like I told my grandkids, I said, I saw the first two, and if they don't win one while I'm alive, 
when I die and they finally win one, you come to my grave and pour champagne on it. <laughs> and I hope it's before I die, though. But, Dan, it's a pleasure, and this is going to be a great series. I look forward to talking to you next week. Marv, appreciate you as always, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. And, look, I don't know if it's like some groundbreaking assertion, but I think the longer the series goes, it's Edge Knicks. You know, because the longer the series goes, you would like to think that Randall will make an appearance at some point. I, I mean, I, we don't know anything definitively, and this could all be a smokescreen today about him going out there and warming up, but I, I, I don't think Randall will be out for the entire, you know, the entirety of this series. The more he plays, the more he gets his legs under him a little bit, maybe gets into the flow. That's why you want him as best as possible. The longer the series goes, gives him that opportunity, gives the Knicks the chance to win this series. Cavs are not unbeatable. They're really not. And you know what's ironic about it? If you haven't you know, paid a lot of attention to the NBA during the regular season and maybe you haven't zeroed in on this Cavaliers team, like we think of the Knicks and especially Tom Thibodeau. A Tom Thibodeau coach team we think is all about defense, right? That Tibbs identity, he likes to get after it, you know, win ugly, that type of thing. Well, going into this series and looking at the matchup, the Cavaliers are the team that have the top five defense. You know, they got the number one defense in the NBA points per game during the regular season. The Knicks are the ones that have the top five offense when you boil it down to efficiency and all those things. So if I said to you before the season started, you know what, Knicks and Cavaliers, they're going to meet in the playoffs, and it's going to be a top five offense against the top five defense, you would have thought for sure the Knicks would have been the ones with the top five defense, right? Cavaliers got Donovan Mitchell, splashy, all that. Nope, 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 nope. So interesting contrast to styles. And which one is going to prevail here over the series? Let's say hi to Spike in St. Pete. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Spike, good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, call, call me about 945. <laughs> 945 tonight, you mean? Yeah, you're right. You're smart guy. Um, all right. Here, here we go. Uh, this, is, this is the way I feel about it. I love Marvin. Like I said to you one other time, I had the privilege of talking to him all the year. What a, what a great guy, great father, and served this country. So props to Marvin. I don't agree with him. I don't think it's easy to win a seventh game. The stats say, and I'm just repeating it, Dan, I have to qualify because the audience says, turn it on, turn it off, you know the deal. Yeah, yeah. 75% of the teams that win the first game win the series. Uh, that means nothing to me. There's 25% to do, you know. Um, you don't want to play a seventh game because it's 78% of the best players with Cleveland. You heard me say this on other programs. The only thing I've come up with, thanks to Alan Horn, is that the defensive integrity in the paint for both Cleveland and the Knicks is poor. They don't, they're big, they block shots, they rebound, they don't slide their feet properly. Therefore, guys like Brunson, who's as good as I've seen in the NBA of manipulating his feet in the paint, I don't think you'll disagree. So this is what we have to do. We have to put the three shooters on the wings, meaning um, quickly, uh, Grimes, and even Josh Hart, quickly straight ahead. That's his best number. And then they're going to have Karis LeVert, Donovan Mitchell, and um, what's the other guy? Wayne, uh, Gar Darius Garland uh, is the other shooter. They all shoot. If you look it up, they all shoot between 38 and 41%. So that's pretty much a wash. The rebounding's pretty much a wash. Cleveland's pace of play is slower. The Knicks want to play a quick, 
pace of play so they can get off more threes, which they do. They just don't have a high percentage. Um, everything I said, you agree, I'm sure, right? Yep, yep. Okay. So how do you win this game? And here comes my wise-ass remark. I'm entitled at my age. You score more points than Cleveland. It's right. as simple as that. This is close, Dan. This is close. And and who's going to – listen, I, I want Julius Randle to have a great series. I want him to close out the game in the fourth quarter. Do I believe that? He's shown me not the ability not to do that. But he can do some good things here. So I'm saying the Knicks win in six. You know what? From your lips, Spike, and thanks for the phone call. Is it possible? Absolutely. 100%. You know, I think the question that we have to really just continue to hammer out between now and 6 o'clock, not that we're going to be on, at least I'm not till 6 o'clock, other people. Can the Knicks realistically win this thing if Randall is not a big factor? I'm not just talking about today, I'm talking about the entire series. And who else then do you look to to step up? We'll continue the conversation when we move on, 800-919-3776. We'll also get into the Nets a little bit here. They've got even a bigger challenge against the Philadelphia 76ers. Dan Grasso Show, we're rolling until noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN on this Saturday. I'll tell you, this used to be an annual theme of spring in these parts. Once upon a time. I think it's about time to get back to it again. Don't you say? You know? Make the playoffs a regular occurrence. Win some games. Win some series. That's the next step. That's how you make it happen. And look, this is... This series really has everything you want. You know, maybe we're a little bit biased because, you know, it involves our team. It's our neck of the woods. So, I mean, nationally, you know, does this series move the needle? I don't know. You know, do the people in L.A. right now or out on the West Coast, like, care about Knicks, Cavs? You know, is ESPN, TNT, like, when, you know, they're going to be showing their playoff matchups to a national audience? Like, are they really going to be going all in on Knicks, Cavs? Is this one of the big talking points? I mean, probably not. Um, good. Probably not. You know, you got the Lakers in the playoffs now. LeBron made the playoffs. So they're going to be a part of the mix here. I mean, right, Lakers-Memphis is going to be a series that you're going to hear enough about to last your lifetime over the next few days. You know, how about the Kevin Durant-Phoenix Suns team going up against the Clippers? You're going to have to hear about that on and on and on, right? But as far as the Eastern Conference goes, I mean, what other series moves the needle, at least in the first round? Do you really think Miami is going to give Milwaukee a tussle? I don't think so. You think that Atlanta's going to give Boston fits? No. I mean, what's the best you can expect from Brooklyn against the Philadelphia 76ers? Maybe they get a game. Maybe, 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 maybe. Knicks-Cavs is where it's at. If you want competitive basketball, NBA playoffs first round, Knicks-Cavs is your series. Say hi to Jose in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jose, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Mr. Graza. How's it going? Jose, I'm doing outstanding. You tell me. How are you doing? Uh, fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. It's been a while since, you know, I've been getting hyped on the weekend for uh, NBA basketball playoff. And, you know, unlike the um, quick series with the Atlanta Hawks, I feel a lot more confident with this one because I kind of feel like it's kind of in reverse with uh, 
what happened to us where I felt like um, we kind of had a hot end towards towards that season, if we remember that year. But talent-wise, when we broke down the rosters of Atlanta and the New York Knicks, we kind of saw on paper Atlanta matched up very well with us, and we kind of saw the evidence of what ended up happening. Now, I kind of think this is kind of like the opposite with uh, Cleveland. I feel like um, the overhyping of Cleveland has been more because of the propaganda of New York media with Donovan Mitchell. I don't really think that they're a great team. I don't give them any chance to beat a top three team, top three team in the East. But you know, they I do understand that they 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 are the fourth best team in the in, in the Eastern Conference. But I do think that we can win this series with 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 uh, us possibly making ending it in six because I just don't trust Donovan Mitchell. And uh, unless if he scores forty or fifty a night. I, his defense leaves a lot to be desired where it, it, we are going to have a lot of success no matter if it's Hart, Grimes, or, or RJ or any other combination of guards leaves. Well, uh, Jose, a couple of things, and I thank you for the phone call, my friend, as always. Here's the thing about Donovan Mitchell. like, If we're going to sit there and try to poke holes in his game and criticize him for not being an elite defender, I mean, that's no secret. But that shouldn't stand in the way of acknowledging the fact that, okay, when we look at this series – He's the best player in the series on either team, right? If this was if this was gym class, and I like to use this analogy, All right? Let's go back in the day to gym class, and you know when you were picking teams or whatever. If this if this series was gym class, Donovan Mitchell's the first pick. I don't care if you know he's your buddy or not. He's the first pick. He's the best player on either side. Now, sometimes that's enough to lead you to a series victory in the playoffs. Sometimes it's not. Generally speaking, it's it's the best team that wins, but. Hell, if I got to go into a best of seven, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably like the best player on my team, right? I mean, that, that could take you places. Now, look, that Atlanta club a couple of years ago, they had the best player in the series in Trey Young. I know we don't like him, but still, he was the best player in the series. And I know that that Hawks team was, like, sneaky good, and they went all the way to the conference finals, but, it, you know, that was a little bit of an odd year. It was still, like, coming out of the COVID season. It was, it, it was strange. Right? It was, it was still strange times. And that Knicks roster from top to bottom is nowhere near as talented and nowhere near as deep as the one that we have right now. But really, I don't think that Donovan Mitchell and his deficiencies on the defensive end of the floor really apply here tonight because, well, it didn't stand in the way of the Cavaliers becoming the number one defensive team in the NBA this year, did it, right? I mean, if, if Donovan Mitchell was essentially a parked car out there playing defense, why are Cavs the number one defensive team in the league? Like, he, he had to do – like, you can't hide Donovan Mitchell given the amount of minutes that he plays. But are the Cavs beatable? Absolutely they are, 100%. But they're not some slouch. You know, it's not like you're playing the Chicago Bulls in round one or something like that. Cleveland's a good team. I think you have those three. The pecking order in the Eastern Conference, right? You've got those three teams at the top. And I actually, you know what? I, I put Milwaukee and Boston on, on one level. Philadelphia, I have a slight drop down. They're like a 1A, level 1A. And then you have Cleveland. Then you have the Knicks. And then you maybe even have to go down to another level to where the Brooklyns are at. It's a winnable game. This is as evenly matched an opponent, I think, that you could ask for if you're a Knicks fan. Now, not having a healthy Julius Randle 
complicates things a little bit. But do the Knicks have enough to win this series, even if Julius isn't fully healthy? 100%. And, you know, the other thing, too, is that we got to get into, if he goes out there and he tests his ankle, and he says, yeah, you know what, I'm going to give it the old college try because it's the playoffs. I'm going to be there for my guys. And, you know, that's the mentality of these athletes. Remember, Julius Randle was a guy that, before he got injured, played every single game. And there were people critical of the head coach for the way that he distributed minutes and the fact that, you know, so many guys on this team were playing a lot of minutes and he had a shortened rotation and all those things. Randall wants to go out there and play every single night. And whenever he went through a little bit of a dip, whether it was, you know, one game, two games, and the shot wasn't falling, people said, oh, it's because, you know, Tibbs is playing him too much. And he's got to, you know, they got to practice load management with Julius Randall. Well, my question is, they're going to defer to the player. And if Randall says, I'm good to go, then guess what? He's going to play today. But at what point do you have to view this as potentially it being a disservice to the team and their chances of winning a game? Because, you know, we talked about this yesterday, Dave and I. If Randall's going to be out there, could he play a game which is maybe a little bit of a departure from what we usually see from him? Meaning... If he's not 100%, is he still going to go out there and chuck up 20, 25 shots a game, which could hurt the club? Or can he play through other guys and maybe go out there and facilitate, if you will, still find a way to maybe just rebound the basketball, maybe not take as many shots, and being as much of an integral part of this offense as he usually is? That's the question that needs answering, and I don't have one for you. I really – because you know what? We haven't seen that this year. He's been the guy. I'm not even going to base it upon previous seasons. What we've seen this year, he has been the number one option offensively when he's out there on the floor. Let's say hi to Mitch in East Windsor. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Mitch, good morning. How are you? What's cracking, Dan? Uh, Hello, Mitch. Good show. Hey, uh, Thank you, sir. What's going on? I think 12, 12 teams can win this championship. Or 12. I've never seen it like this. So, uh so many really good teams. There's no like so solidly definitely one, but I'm hoping uh, Josh Hart has a big game. That was a great trade. Burnett, you don't know what you're getting with him, and I guess uh, Top is going to have to uh, put in the work to replace uh, Randall, and hopefully he can come through. Mitch, you, Burnett, did you say? Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say you think 12 teams can win the title this year? Yeah. Nah, the Knicks. About that. Well, maybe yeah. not the Knicks, but Cleveland. But look at the West. You know, I'm a Clippers fan. I, I, I understand. I mean, all right, so 12 teams. I mean, so wait a sec. 12 teams. So you mean to tell me if you're going to say the, the four in the Eastern Conference, the top four, you're thinking all eight teams? You're telling me Minnesota could win a championship? No, up to the Lakers. You gotta, I mean, I'm hoping they fall. So even 11 thing. teams could win a championship? No way. No way. Want to put money on it? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a gambling kidding. guy. I'm not yeah, a gambling guy. <laughs> just do the opposite of my picks. But um, you got to hope that and Mitchell Robinson and Hart, they have big games. I think we can get them to the next uh, average. One one team I say, oh, it doesn't have a chance. I think the six are going to take it to the net in five. No more than five. And Bede is, uh, I would think he's MVP. You got to give him I think it, I, I think this is his time. I think it's his time, Mitch, and I thank you for the phone call. Uh, Mitch, a little bit too optimistic there with the 11 teams. No way. No, no, no way. 11 teams. 
I think you're looking at maybe two in the Eastern Conference. Realistically, Milwaukee and Boston, I think, are the only two teams in the Eastern Conference that could win this thing. Just those two. And then out west, I think there's a better shot. I think there's a better shot of somebody coming out of the west from the bottom four than even the top four. And when I say the bottom four, Clippers, Golden State, I'm not counting Minnesota, Clippers, Golden State, Lakers, than even one of those top four teams. We'll see. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Mitch brought up the Nets. Got to get into them here a little bit. How do they fare? How much of a daunting task is it for them to knock off the Philadelphia 76ers? We'll get into it. Dan Gross' show. We roll till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Gross' show on 98.7 ESPN. We're going to keep some of our defensive principles and our identity for sure. Uh, we have wrinkles for him, of course, because he's MVP. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? But we also have to do some of the things that have made us a pretty solid defensive team up to this point as well. That's Spencer Dinwiddie talking about Joel Embiid and how the heck the Nets are going to be able to counter him. Good luck with that. Not too many teams are even able to present an answer to that challenge. Dan Cross's show, 98.7 ESPN. On this Saturday morning, we're taking it right up until high noon, and the Nets have a Herculean task. I mean, there's no other way around it. Um, like, you look at the Nets right now, like, okay, they're the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. I, most years, I, I, I don't even consider them to be on the caliber of what we usually expect a sixth seed to be. Like, I, you know, and I know, look, I've had some fun with the Nets over the year. I just... Look, it's a nice story they made the playoffs, but a lot of the reason they're in the playoffs is because once upon a time, you know, in the first half of this season, they won a bunch of games where they had two really high-end players still in the lineup for them. And those wins don't go bad. And the fact that the rest of the Eastern Conference, nobody else was really able to rise to the challenge as we witnessed in these stupid playing games over the last couple of nights, you know, that's why the Nets are still here and they're sitting where they are. But... You know, this is like when the clock could strike 12 here, and it likely will, because this Sixers team is on a different level than they are. Truly different level. Somebody's got to explain to me, too. We, you know, we heard from Spencer Dinwiddie. Why is Spencer Dinwiddie in a war of words right now with Kyle Kuzma? Like, I had to do a double take when I heard about that. It's like, so, so what is this accomplishing, essentially? Like, really? Like, Kyle Kuzma is already on the golf course. His season is over. Like, like Washington's not here, so you're getting ready for the postseason. Why are you wasting any amount of energy getting into it and worrying about what Kyle Kuzma tweets or says or, or, or whatever? Like, forget about it. And you, you got bigger fish to fry. And that's the 76ers. They're a better team than you are. And, and, and you know, when I look at this series and, and you sit here and try to forecast, okay, how long is it going to go? Can the Nets really mount a challenge at all? And, and I don't say this with any sort of disrespect. I mean it legitimately because, look, human nature, th- these guys are, 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 are real dudes playing the game. How long this series goes I think is going to come down to how motivated are the Sixers to just end this thing quickly. I, I'm, I'm being serious, right? Because, Philadelphia, look, Philadelphia to a man has to know they're going to win. But do they take their foot off the gas pedal any? Because if they want to sweep the Nets, I really think they can sweep them. And then they could rest up and get ready for round number two. But that doesn't happen all the time. 
And I don't think the Nets are going to get swept. I, I think they have at least one in them. Because, you know, when you look at this Nets team, in games that Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant are not in the lineup wearing their uniform, they got a losing record this year. They're under 500. So now you're going to face your biggest challenge in the playoffs against a really good team with a couple of really, really good players. Now you can't fall back on having that guy that you can put the ball in his hands and say, all right, get me a bucket when I need it. You know, Nets are a nice team. They play hard, but you can't match the talent when you're looking at these two sides. You know, the Nets got some work to do in the offseason. How Sean Marks and company go about that, building up this roster, getting some more high-end talent, that's the question that they have to decide, right? They've got assets. they got plenty of draft choices moving forward. You're going to have all that cap space now getting rid of, you know, breaking this thing down and starting all over again. But there might be guys, there's probably going to be guys on this team right now who aren't going to be on this team next year if you are going to go out and go big game hunting again in the offseason. But you know what's funny? Like, I was thinking about the Donovan mitchell Nick storyline and how it played itself out here, and now they're meeting in the first round. Wasn't this supposed to be the Ben Simmons-James Harden storyline? Like, imagine if Ben Simmons was actually still a thing and playing basketball and, and, and was contributing to the Nets, which everybody swore up and down he was going to, which, you know, whatever. Imagine all the stories we would hear about that, but now it's almost like a forgotten thing. It's like it's not even here. But I just can't see the Nets really giving a legitimate, legitimate answer for Joel Embiid. Um, He's got my vote for MVP this year. I think it's his time. I mean, you went back-to-back scoring titles eventually, and your team is good, right? Eventually, you should get some individual recognition, and hopefully the voters will follow suit and give him his first Most Valuable Player award. Nets are not a very good rebounding team. Um... I think that's going to come back to bite him in this series. The only shot that the Nets have, and you could say this about a lot of teams, but the Nets are going to have to play this series and they're going to have to play these games at the pace that they're comfortable with. And that means normally like if a team is lacking in talent, you say, oh, you want to take the air out of the ball and win an ugly game, muck it up a little bit. Not the Nets. They have to push the pace. They got to get out and run. Because they can actually do that better than Philadelphia. Philadelphia are the ones that likes to just get really comfortable in the half court and just live and die with their offensive efficiency. But the only way that the Nets are going to be able to play an up-tempo, fast-paced game is they're going to have to get stops. That's how you get your transition game going. And I don't know if they're going to be capable of slowing down Embiid and Harden and all their buddies on that Philadelphia team. Sixers have the best record in the NBA since the beginning of December. I don't think they're a championship team. I don't think they're getting to the finals. But they're sure as hell going to get by the Nets in round one. Let's say Philly in five. 800-919-3776. We roll on. We'll talk to Dan Rosen in hour number two. Go through the hockey locals' quest to compete for Lord Stanley as all three of them find themselves in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Dan Grasso Show, we're rolling until noon right here on 98.7 ESPN.